the thing I wanted everyone to really focus on is that if someone comes to you and says, look, I'll, uh, I'll pay you 10% a month, 50% a year, 60% a year. I've seen, seen some of them are paying 50% a month. The one you just referred to, they were promising 50% a month doing some sort of commodities trading. That wasn't even really happening. So when people are offering you a return that seems abnormally high, too good to be true, it probably is. And I just really encourage people that if you hear about something like that, you know, run for the hills, but also if you hear of your friends and family investing in a deal like that, you, you need to talk to them because, because honestly, no legitimate company is returning uh, 10% a month. I'm sorry, it just, it just doesn't happen. And, and so these, these things should send up red flags all over the place. Occasionally with the Cultural Hall, I like to provide a very informative episode. If you're any sort of longtime lifer of the show, uh, maybe you're a convert uh, to uh, what we do here. Uh, we, we talk about all things within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Sometimes it's nerdy church history. Sometimes it's the latest and greatest from Netflix. Sometimes it's a long-time, long-awaited guest that we've been uh, trying to get here in the cultural hall. We do it all. And uh, with this episode, I, I got really excited because like, it's an expert in his field talking about something that affects members of the church. So, so I don't know that it's necessarily really spiritual. Uh, and I think it's great that it's not. I think it's, um, you know, I find myself always warning us within the articles of news that like, just because, you know, someone is a bishop or just because someone is a return missionary or something like that doesn't mean that we give them blind trust. And I love, 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 love how this episode really can give us the opportunity to open our eyes, to see what we see around us and to make sure that we're protecting ourselves and those whom we love Let's just get to it. Here's another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. This indeed will be different than a lot of episodes that we've done before. We are talking about affinity fraud. Now, what is that exactly? Well, we're going to find out within this episode. Um, but we could also probably take a real great lesson from my guest, Mark Pugsley, because if you Google affinity fraud, it is Mark Pugsley after Mark Pugsley after the law firm <laughs> that he works with. Like, I don't know how you became the man, the go-to. I tried to find anyone else because you and I aren't associated on Facebook. And I was like, I don't know that he's going to check his other inbox, etc. You are like the first 10 pages of Google search for affinity fraud. <laughs> That's because I write a lot and I speak a lot and, and I like to do it because I, uh, I, I've said this before, I wish I could do something else. I mm. wish I could work myself out of this area of specialty that I have because it's so heartbreaking, the stories that I hear all the time in my law practice. And so I try to educate people through whatever means I can to learn about this stuff so they learn these lessons and hopefully avoid being caught up in one of these scams. And, and I, I wish I could say I was making headway, uh, but I, I don't know that I am. And it's, it's sad sometimes. So if people are asking what affinity fraud is, they probably heard it before. I just want to give the genesis of how this episode came about. Uh, recently here in the state of Utah, there was a story about two gentlemen who essentially planned affinity fraud while they were in jail together or prison. Uh, and, you know, they had the, the, the opportunity to be able to talk and said, hey, when we get out, let's do this and we'll bilk $11 million out of people 
And we're not going to talk specifically about that case, but time and time again, as we share on Articles of News, which is our weekly news episode here in the Cultural Hall, just story after story of people who for one reason or another, will trust someone within their church, within their stake, within the leadership, with their money, with their future, and then it ends up being that they take advantage of them. Is that what affinity fraud is? And if not, correct me. Yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a good description. I think that the affinity fraud, the word affinity comes typically from affiliations that people have. And, and many people are familiar with Bernie Madoff, if you read about Bernie Madoff, what you'll learn is that most of the connections that he drew were through the Jewish community and also through a, a country club in Florida that he belonged to. Both of those were organizations that that have friendships and trust relationships within that. And so he used that to find people um, initially. And then, of course, these things have a tendency to snowball. Ponzi schemes are a little different thing. And I can talk about that in a minute. But mm-hmm. Affinity fraud is is a essentially where uh, people use uh, relationships of trust, uh, and it might be through the Kiwanis Club. It could be through you know any sort of uh, church organization. I've uh, posted on my blog about uh, situations that have happened in Southern churches and and other sorts of organizations. So it's not it's not a Mormon church thing. I know that's kind of what we're talking about today, but Mm -hmm. it really is not that, but it is something that happens all the time. And I think one of the reasons, and let me just try to explain why I think it's problematic or why it's powerful is that many people want to invest. They want to make money. Uh, In Utah, we have a tendency to pay attention to what the neighbor's doing. There are certain communities in this this, uh, uh, state that have a lot of kind of keeping up with the Joneses, uh, environment, I suppose. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Um, one of them, for whatever reason, the place that is kind of the hotbed uh, of, of affinity fraud and Ponzi schemes in Utah is Alpine, Utah. Now, why is that? I, I don't know. Is there something in the water in Utah County? I don't mm-hmm. know. But but ask anyone from the FBI, ask anyone from the SEC, they will say that many of these derive from Utah County. Uh, Utah County also has a lot of people who make a lot of money in MLMs and other sorts of uh, you know, some the summer sales thing when these kids go off for Vivint or whatever, and they make a bunch of money. So so there's kind of this attitude that, hey, look at all these people. They're making a lot of money. I want to do that. But there's risk and people don't understand the stock market. They don't understand trading commodities or options and all that stuff. So they, they're a little intimidated by it. But then someone from their ward comes to them or someone from their stake who comes to them and they know they they know that brother so and so teaches a great gospel doctrine lesson or has was a great bishop. We had a a case involving a stake president. There are those cause people I think to want to trust them. They're good members of the church. Therefore, I can let down my guard and I can trust them because they're a member of the church. And I think that's a perfectly normal and acceptable human. Uh, reaction to try to diminish risk. If I know who I'm investing with, then I can trust them. Uh, I think I don't, I'm not faulting that. The problem is there are predators around us and there are people who like the people you just talked to that you're relating, you're talking about the Merriman case, which I actually had some involvement with. So I know quite a bit about it. They use those relationships of trust within the church to get victims. And so people will uh, not do the type of due diligence that they would otherwise do because they the, they see the friendship as kind of a substitute for doing due diligence. And that's the problem. 
you know, we, we have to be trusting. And I think it's fine to be trusting in your normal day-to-day life. I, I don't want to make us all into paranoid people, but we'll talk more about this. But this is what happens is people get taken advantage of, especially older folks. And it's and I can tell you some stories. Yeah, you give us sort of a pass. And, and from what I understand is uh, that, uh, that members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we fall victim to affinity fraud on a higher level, on a more frequent basis than maybe some other groups, or certainly that the state of Utah is higher than most of the other states in the United States. Is that information accurate? Yeah, and, and that's been reported by the, by the Deseret News. I was interviewed on, by Doug Wright on the KSL, uh, the, his show on Sunday a few months ago, and I, I put together this study based on some data that was put together by a website called the Ponzi Tracker, who's, which is run by a friend of mine. He, he put together some raw data, and I just reanalyzed it because Utah's numbers seemed high. So what I did is I did a per capita analysis with his permission and then published it. And, and Utah had a higher per capita rate of Ponzi schemes, which, by the way, is not the same as affinity fraud. What is it? Just talk. Well, well, Ponzi scheme is, is I would call a subset of affinity fraud. Sometimes affinity fraud is just, hey, uh, Richie, I, I need some money. I, I'm starting this company. Will you give me a hundred grand and I'll start this company and I'll get you paid back. And that's it. And that's not a Ponzi scheme, but that's certainly a friend, affinity fraud if, if he's using that relationship to get the money. Okay. Sometimes people are just deadbeats, right? Yeah. But, but, but we do, people who are doing it a lot, there are, there are people out there who move from ward to ward and will have a history where they, that follows them of bad deals and, and frustrated uh, lenders. That's not, that's, that's not a Ponzi scheme. A Ponzi scheme is the classic one everyone thinks of is, is the Bernie Madoff situation. There have been some big ones here in Utah. There's one actually going on right now involving a guy named Galen Rust who lived in, uh, uh, I think, Kaysville or Layton, one of those two. And uh, so not Utah County, I should say, <laughs> but but Galen Rust ran a, uh, a company called Rust Rare Coin here in Salt Lake, and they had another office. And uh, he started putting people into what's called a silver pool. And he claimed that he could get you really great returns. And he had some inside information about the prices of silver. And, and so people started giving him money and what, and he was paying him out. I mean, he was paying out as much as 40 to 50% per year, which is fabulous in terms of the stock market, which doesn't usually pay anywhere near that, maybe 10% a year, right? So people are are hearing about it through friends and neighbors, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And what's happening though, and what happened in this case is that Mr. Rust actually never was doing anything with people's money. He just put it in a bank account and then paid it right back out again to somebody else. So the earlier investors who got in there uh, were getting returns month after month, year after year, it was building up. Some of them didn't take returns, but they kept getting these statements that showed their money was just growing and growing and it was fabulous. And they would tell their neighbors and tell their friends and they would pull their money out of their 401ks, Mm. put it into this deal. And it just, it, so Ponzi schemes really have to do with this concept of a company that really doesn't do anything. They're taking money in the door from new investors and paying it right back out to the earlier investors. And so it, it kind of spirals out of control. It, it, eventually it, it, it'll collapse. And the problem with it is, and we can talk more about this in a minute, but the problem with it is that those folks who got in early and got their money out, they usually think, oh, I'm, I'm home free. I, I got out before it collapsed. 
but what happens is then they get sued. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I represent about 15 people currently, 15 families who are getting sued by the receiver to get all those profits and pull them back. So it's a really, it's a bad idea to get invested in one of these, because even if you think you're home free, you're actually not. Um, and, and so Ponzi schemes are, are the, the real hallmark of those in the hallmark of most all of the things that I see. And this will come up a, a number of times. And I apologize if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but is, is the returns that people are promising are, are unusually high. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing I want to everyone to really focus on is that if someone comes to you and says, look, I'll, uh, I'll pay you 10% a month, I'll pay you 20% a year, no, sorry, 50% a year, 60% a year, I've seen, seen some of them are paying 50% a month, the one you just referred to, they were promising 50% a month, hmm. doing some sort of commodities trading, that wasn't even really happening. So when people are offering you a return that seems abnormally high, too good to be true, it probably is. And I just really encourage people that if you hear about something like that, you know, run for the hills. But also if you hear of your friends and family investing in a deal like that, you you need to talk to them because because honestly, no legitimate company is returning uh, 10% a month. I'm sorry. It mm-hmm. just it just doesn't happen. And and so these these things should send up red flags all over the place. I like that you use the word red flags, and I do want to kind of bookmark it right there. I want to um, get it at some point in this discussion, but I'd like to pivot and go to a different point. But I do want to give <clears throat> red flags, people, things that people can uh, look for beyond the promise of grand returns that they can go, oh, oh, maybe this is a thing I need to look more into and how they could look more into it. So yeah. I want to make sure that we do that. But I want to know, you, you on the onset of this conversation just said, oh man, I wish I could get away from this. There's so much uh, work within this field. I mentioned that you are the go-to gentleman for, for all of this, but I want to know, who are you? Who are you and, and why why do you do this? <laughs> Well, I am uh, just a, I work at a law firm downtown. Uh, uh, I work at the firm of Ray Quinney and Nebaker. We have about a hundred lawyers. Uh, we're one of the larger firms in town. I went back East to law school back in the nineties and actually moved to Los Angeles thinking I was going to work in the big city. And then uh, after a few years, I uh, uh, decided to move back to Utah with my family, uh, which is where I grew up. I went to Highland High. I'm I'm a Utah native. And, Go Rams, and, uh, as the kids yes, would say. Yep. yep yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, I so yeah, I wanted to move move back and be around family uh, as as many of us do. And so I came here and kind of was doing at the time mostly defending people who were got in trouble with the SEC or with uh, Finra, which is the regu- the entity that regulates brokers and brokerage firms. So that I was kind of had this niche practice at the time, but what happened is I kept, uh, I started getting calls and I, 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 I wrote, remember a specific family, the smart family, and they've talked publicly about this so I can talk about it. But the smart family had a very sad situation where they uh, invested all of their uh, money in a, what ended up being a Ponzi scheme. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, they had not only, they were retired. They were in their 70s. Um, they had invested all of their cash. Then, because they thought this was such a good opportunity, uh, by the way, it was run by a guy named Rick Kerber, if you remember that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the deal that they were involved in. And they uh, pulled out all the money out of their house. So they had their house paid off. They leveraged up their house and put all their money with this guy. And then it was gone. 
And uh, at the time, I just remembered thinking, you know, this guy is in his 70s and they're going to lose their house. And the way that they're buying food is he's he got a job bagging groceries at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, and in a time that should have been his retirement, uh, he was having to go back to work. And there not only did it put a burden on them and their marriage, but it put a burden on their family members who I happen to know. And they had to be in a situation where they were supporting their their parents. They eventually moved in with one of their children. Very difficult situations when your parents, who you think are, are well taken care of and financially stable, all of a sudden, and this happens all the time, the, the older folks sometimes are get caught up in these and then all of a sudden the money's gone and it's a burden on the family and, and everybody else. And so it's, they're heartbreaking stories. And um, I've I, I just started getting more into following these schemes. I was involved in a, a case called the Vescor case out of out of Ogden. Um, that was formerly the largest Ponzi scheme in Utah history. The Rust case has eclipsed that. But so I've been involved in a lot of these cases, and I just started doing more and more work for victims. And so now I, I've stopped. I, I, now and then I take a case on the defense side, but almost all my work now is helping victims uh, recover cover their money. And so, but I also do a lot of educating. So I, I work in a large law firm and I do, I do this, but I also speak a lot and try to educate people because I think it's good for people to understand these things on the front end. If you call me, if you've searched for my name because you've lost your money, then about 50% of the time, uh, it's too late at that point. And so, uh, what, what happens is I, I try to get to people before the damage is done and educate them rather than after. Sometimes I can help people recover their money, but sometimes I can't. And, and a lot of these guys are kind of fly by night and the money is spent or gone or in the Caymans or who knows what else. So, so that's the challenge. Let's take a break real quick. And when we come back in the uh, second block, I want to talk about uh, red flags, warning signs things that we should be aware of in addition to just the promise of great returns, uh, maybe guiding principles as far as life goes, things that we should always avoid. Uh, there's a, a, an adage from my grandfather that I, th- I would like to share as part of this conversation. We'll come back and do that in the second block of the Cultural Hall. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. A lot of people think uh, of great ideas for podcasts, but fewer actually execute on those ideas. Have you had something that you've been lulling, mulling over, lulling over? That's been in the back of your mind is what I mean to say that you've been thinking about for a while and you're like, yeah, you know what? I might really want to do that as a podcast. Well, as it turns out, uh, in addition to doing this here show, I also do podcast consulting and teach a class that will help you take you from your idea to publishing. So if you want to reach out, there's all the ways to reach out to us at The Cultural Hall. You can send us a message or contact at theculturalhall.com. I would love to be able to speak to you about how we can make your idea for a podcast 
podcast a reality. Again, contact at theculturalhall.com or you can find uh, The Cultural Hall on any social media at The Cultural Hall. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. I know we're going through a lot right now. Many states are quarantining people to their homes so that they have to work remotely. One of the things that's really important is to have a computer that's functioning correctly. One with a good webcam, one that's fast so you can be productive, one that has a good quality screen because you're going to be on this all day remotely. Computer supply has been strained because manufacturing has almost stopped. At PC Laptops, we've secured a limited quantity of laptop and desktop computers that are backed with a lifetime service guarantee. They're available for you right now in limited quantity. The great thing about PC Laptops is this. Once you buy your new computer, if you have any problems or questions, we're here to take care of you. Also, to make it really easy right now, we've arranged with some banks to offer 12-month special financing. Get into PC Laptops right now. Because at PC Laptops, we're here for you and we're in this together. PCLaptops.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, I encourage you to be a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall. Won't you please go to Patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. We are promising no returns. It is not an investment <laughs> plan that you are getting into. It is supporting the Cultural Hall to exist. We will give you no money back ever. You're not going to double or triple your money. It's going to go to pay for things like the Zoom call, which you would be able to watch the video of with me and Mark Pugsley. Now, affinity uh, to me, it also seems sort of like when I hear affinity, I kind of think of infinity and I think of sort of godlike. Is that where that word sort of comes from or is it just the affiliation with? I, I think affinity is like if you like someone uh, that the word, I think, as I understand it, just comes from someone you like. So yeah. someone that you have a friendship with. So it really then seems to me to be a complete misnomer, because if someone took all my money and made me live with my kids when I was a grandpa, I would not <laughs> like that person very much. How no. can how can we avoid uh, being in this situation or and or I guess if we're listening to this and thinking, oh, maybe this is you know, Bishop so-and-so or brother what's and what's or sister whoever that has got me investing with them. Maybe this is. Now, I also want to say, I think that one of the big reasons is like the one in a million where the one person actually does this and it's a legit thing gives us all this hope that it might be right for us. But the 999, you know, integers afterwards that aren't right, that's what gets us. I, I I don't know about I I haven't run across that one yeah. uh, yet. Yeah. Uh, but but there are people who make fast money in in this state. Uh, people you, you've heard of these people who start up an MLM and all of a sudden they're fabulously wealthy in a very short period of time. Uh, I I do think that that's that people want that, and I I understand it. I mean, we all want to make money quickly, uh, but the reality is most money is made through careful investing and, and saving. And so I just urge people to not not get distracted by high returns. And if people are telling you that they can give you a return that seems unusually high, please be extra careful. And sometimes people are actually less careful under those circumstances. The other thing I was going to say, and I'll, if I can just make one quick addition to what I do as for a living, is I, I also have a pra- about half my practice is devoted to what's called whistleblowing. Hmm. And so I represent people who have knowledge about a company that's doing something improper and they, we, I help them go to the authorities and shut it down. So that's, and they can actually get a reward if, if the, if you blow the whistle with the SEC or the IRS, 
people can get an award. Um, I, I can tell you that I represent the whistleblowers in a case involving the Washakie Energy plant uh, that recently was shut down by the IRS. I, I can tell you that because it's public information. And those whistleblowers could potentially be very wealthy mm. <laughs> as a result of their willingness to come forward with information about what they saw as fraudulent activity in that case by the Kingston group here in Utah. And um, King- Kingston's the, obviously, if people do, if that doesn't ring a bell, that's a uh, fundamentalist LDS, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Polygamists. Yeah, yeah. Polygamists. Yeah. And, and they're quite a large group here in Salt Lake City. And but they were they ran this this energy plant that really wasn't doing what it said it was. It's a long story, but it's you can Google it. Um, the the we'll make we'll make it available in the show notes. You don't have to Google it. Find it with okay, this episode right. of the show notes. All right. There's some there's some uh, anyway. So I help people sometimes uh, bring information to the authorities. And so if you have knowledge of a company that really isn't doing what it says it was says it is, or companies that are that are fraudulently reporting their income or doing things, I help people bring that to the authorities confidentially, and their name can stay out of it. So that's that people can do that. And if your grandparents get caught up in something like this. Then, or your, or you yourself, you can become a whistleblower as a victim. And so, because what happens is these Ponzi schemes grow and grow and grow, and every day there's more people that get sucked in and then become victims. So the authorities want to shut them down as soon as they can in order to prevent more people from becoming victims. And, I th- and that's a great thing. I would think that that's where another part of this affinity comes into play, though, because you know, say that I'm 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 believing guy. I maybe haven't invested my money, but you're the guy who is really well known, and you're making all these promises. And I look into it, and and I you know, and I'm like, oh, this this can't be real. This must yeah. be incorrect. But I go, oh, but brother Pugsley, you know, I I sit next to brother Pugsley in the pew, and we play basketball on Wednesday nights. Like I I would think that there would be some hand wringing for some folks on this side sure. of it. Well, where they just go, it it can't possibly be. This, you know, I I don't I don't want to turn this person in. It can't possibly be. I'll just sort of dismiss it out of hand. Well, I just want to say that there's a there is a concept within the LDS uh, religion called the gift of discernment. Mm -hmm. And if you as a member of the church believe that you have an ability to discern the, the, the spirit of other people, I don't, I'm not saying that it is in and of itself problematic, but I will say that people, I think that it somewhat legitimizes our, sometimes our jumping to conclusions about so-and-so being a good person. Mm -hmm. You hear this, you know, oh, I know brother so-and-so, he is a good man. Well, part of that is kind of because we feel like we can see who who is good and who's not. And I, I, I just caution people, that's, that's fine with church callings (laughs) and it's fine with other situations, but it's not okay with investing. Investing requires due diligence and you have to know where you're putting your money. Uh, If I could, if I, if I had a dollar for every case I've had where people literally gave a six figure check to someone with no paperwork based on a handshake, I mean, I would be rich. I kid you not. There, it happens all the time. People will say, yeah, that sounds really great. Here's a check. And when, when, that's a that's a lot of money. You don't give away six figures unless you get all the paperwork, you perform due diligence. There's a lot of things you can do, but this is the problem: is people have a tendency somewhat to be trusting, discerning, whatever word you want to use. This is the problem, and I, I just urge people to 
keep church out of the investing, just keep them separate. I, I've had cases where people have solicited investments in, in the temple, uh, one in the celestial room. Yeah. Um, I, the, I have one case where uh, the person was the victim was the Sunday school teacher and the perpetrator was her former student from Sunday school who'd now grown up and was now a CPA. And this is a really sad case out of Nephi, Utah, that involved a lot of people in a very close-knit community that got uh, robbed, basically. So anyway, I, uh, I'm, I'm rambling, but I, I, I think I want to say this is the one, there's a few other things to watch for. It's not just returns. Returns is number one, but another one is guarantees. Uh, one, investing does not include guarantees. And if you have someone telling you that they give you their personal guarantee that you're going to get this money back plus X, then I just think you need to be very careful. If it, there is such a thing as getting a secured investment, maybe secured on a home or secured on some other uh, asset, but a personal guarantee is not worth very much. I'm sorry. I don't care how big their house is. The personal guarantee is only worth the number of assets that they have. And many people, as you know, who live in the biggest houses are up to their neck in debt. And, and trying to live a lifestyle that really isn't accurate. And sometimes that's what they're using your money to do is to get themselves out of debt. So guarantees are dangerous, high, high returns. The other thing that I see a lot of is um, people claiming that they have a, some secret sauce. Uh, they have a secret uh, algorithm where they trade commodities or they trade options or they trade Forex, foreign exchange, or they trade Bitcoin. These are the cases that we're seeing more and more uh, right now, which is situations where people claim that they understand some very complex thing. Bitcoin is hard to understand. Uh, foreign exchange trading is hard to understand. And, but, but they claim that they just know it and they've got this really secretive, highly confidential thing. And it, this opportunity is going to go away. And so, so something that's super complex, I would say, if you can't understand it, don't invest in it. If you, if you have someone telling you to rush that you need to get this opportunity is only going to be open for today. The reason they're saying that is because they don't want to give you the opportunity to call me hmm. or to call another attorney who can help you vet that investment. Um, if you're going to give anyone big money and you know empty out your 401k to invest, you should do some research. Do You should know exactly where that money's going. You should see their financials. You should get a disclosure document called a public, uh, sorry, a private placement memorandum. You should be able to uh, Google the owners and do all sorts of due diligence. Some of it you can do yourself just through Google. I, I, it's crazy how many situations the people that invest, the one that you started with, who they, they just barely went to jail just last uh, couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. In that case, if the people that invested with them had just Googled their name, they would have seen that they are convicted felons. It wasn't hard to find. It's yep. right out there. And so it, it, this is not difficult. But if it's super complicated, for sure, call an attorney, call any attorney, ask them to help you understand what it's about. So, so secret, something secret, something confidential, I can't tell you what it is, watch out. If you have someone uh, who is not licensed to sell uh, stocks and is soliciting your investment in some sort of uh, thing, then you got to be careful too. Uh, an example of that is this restaurant coin case. He claimed to be trading commodities at a very high level. But I'll, it wouldn't take long to Google his name and find out that he isn't licensed to trade commodities. That requires a license, just like a stockbroker. So again, that's the kind of thing. If someone would have asked to see uh, his store, he claimed to have $80 million in silver sitting in his safe. Well, it turns out $80 million worth of silver is uh, 
probably three times the size of your house. Uh, there would be no safe. Uh, just the volume of it alone was far beyond anything that he had capacity to hold. And so I always tell people, just try to understand what it is you're investing in. And if you don't, then find something else. And even if it's, you know, some people say, well, yeah, but this opportunity is too good to pass up. And I say to them, well, you know, if you think it's that great, then, you know, maybe you should try to understand what it is before you decide. Because the problem is if, if, if you're tr so trusting in an individual and in their so-called expertise in that area, sometimes that person actually doesn't know what they're doing. And people that are operating out of their home or out of their basement and claim to be making millions, that's, it's really worrisome. There's, I can tell you there's a case involving a guy named Roger Bliss in Bountiful another not Utah County case. Uh, he lived in Bountiful. Uh, he claimed to be making, you know, just these outrageous returns doing one thing, uh, trading Apple stock. He claimed that he could trade 80, 80 to $100 million in stock. And he had all this stuff. Well, it was, he wasn't doing any of that. And, and it was just pure affinity fraud. And he's probably going to go to prison. He's been in, indicted. I don't think he's been convicted yet. I'm not sure. But in any event, these are the kind of things that people are, they'll use all sorts of different ideas. And the problem is there are very common threads that run through it. And if you hear about these, I really urge people to call an attorney. Um, and if you really have a problem, call the state of Utah has the Utah Division of Securities. They can answer questions. Every state, um, I assume, has something like that? Yes, yep. absolutely. Every state has a, a, a securities uh, uh, regulator. And the federal version of that is the SEC. So both of them have hotlines you can call. But let me just tell you, if you think you have really good information, you're better off being a whistleblower because then you can get an award for that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, there's lots of things you can do. Um, the other thing that going back to where we started, Richie, is is church. And, and I always tell people, you really, uh, uh, you need to not keep church out of investing. Church doesn't um, have anything to do with it. And when someone in the course of a pitch, you know, casually mentions that they're, they, you know, I used to be a bishop mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, or whatever. Then I we've think we've got to wrap this up quick. I have to go to the temple, wink, wink, yeah. nod, you know, <laughs> but, but people will do those things. And I've, and I've yes. witnessed them yes. even just for colloquial phrases that we use within the church, right? Yes. Like, I know this with every fiber of my being or beyond yes. a shadow of a doubt. And we go, yes. oh, oh, uh, I get what you're saying. I, we're part of the same team, same club. Yeah. If you, if you look at some of the stories about this guy, Rick Kerber, K-O-E-R-B-E-R, -E -E, he owned a company called Franklin Squires, but he would have these meetings and he would have them. So in some cases they would be, and he would have like a pulpit that looked just like a church pulpit. And so then he would kind of bear his testimony to people about what a great investment this was. Um, so people, some people are very overt in using church. Uh, this guy, uh, Val Southwick up in Ogden, the story is that he would, um, he, when you walked into his office, he had pictures of himself with lots of general authorities, big pictures all over his office. And then if you, if you wanted to close the deal because you had skepticism or doubt, he would, you know, casually slide over his temple recommend to just show you that he did have a temple recommend. He was much more overt about it. Um, I, well, there's another case I'm aware of where the, the perpetrator would, you know, kind of say on the side, well, you know, I, I can't t say this publicly, but just between us, several members of the Quorum of the Twelve are, are invested in this 
deal. Well, that wasn't true. Boo. But people, but yeah. yeah, people believed it. Mm. People believed it. And, and so it's, it is, it's, it's kind of, it's just kind of uh, slimy. Uh, but, but these, this is the thing I need people to realize is that the guys that are perpetrating this don't look slimy. They are the most, in some cases, the best gospel doctrine teacher you have ever had, or they are the best, whatever they, they hold themselves out in a particular way and they're very slick. And so sometimes, unfortunately you cannot, Tell. I mean, they're not going to look different. They're going to look like the best of the best. And it's and it's only once you really dig in that you realize that there's just nothing there. Is, is there anything within this, um, either whether we find ourselves in it, a loved one that we found in it, uh, we are aware that it's going on, or we just need to beware? Is there anything that we haven't covered that you would just like to get up on top of a ramiumptum and yell at people so that they hear it <laughs> and so that everyone would take notice? You know... Um, it's funny. I uh, uh, before we spoke, you asked me if there's anyone I knew who was a victim who would be willing to talk. And I've uh, there's a story in the Desert News a few years ago, uh, and, and then another one more recently that I've had my. They've called me and asked if some of my clients would speak, and sometimes they will. But for the most part, people kind of keep this to themselves. Sometimes that's because they don't want to get anyone else, you know, in on it until they're already in. But in other cases, uh, after things go bad, it's just because people are a bit embarrassed about getting caught up in this. So you don't always hear about it. And, and in fact, the, the thing I often talk about, if, if your audience, I assume, is a little bit younger, mm-hmm. is, is if your parents or your grandparents come to you and say, hey, you know, I've got this really good deal. Grandma and I are really excited about it you know, please just don't say, Hey, that's great. Ask them a little bit about it. Find out a little bit about it. That, that may be your inheritance by the way that you're, <laughs> that is going to be gone. So you have an interest if either your parents and you don't want them to be living with you in six months, you, you there's a reason all of us who are, who have older parents need to pay attention to uh, these kind of situations. If they hear word that, that, that our parents are interested in some particular deal. And, and so, that's the thing I, I, I urge people to have these conversations with their parents, know that there are predators out there and that the, the older folks are particularly vulnerable to these kind of things. And it's not, it's not only, but definitely, you know, when I have a victim who's in their thirties, you know, they can, okay, I lost $50,000, mm-hmm. but I'll chalk that up to education. I'm not going to do it again. But when you're in your 80s or 70s and that happens, it's not not that easy to recover. And so the stakes are very high. So that's the thing I often tell people is just, hey, returns that are too high, that's that's a red flag. And if someone tells you they're making 10% a month, that is too high. That is a red flag. Watch out. I just had one yesterday uh, or, or two days ago where they called me and said that they're uh, promising 50% a month. So 50% a month ought to be, you, you ought to be just get up and leave. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just not real. Mm-hmm. And, and so people who are people who hear these kind of stories need to pay particular attention uh, because that's a red flag, huge red flag. Yep. The big thing for me, and we say it anytime any of these stories come up, this and other is in the church that we worship with, because we're all people, there are predators in 
church with us. And yes. we like to think, you know what? No, there couldn't be. And whether that's a sexual predator or a violent yes. predator or yeah, an yes. affinity predator, we like to say, oh, but that person was a this. That person served a that. That person would never, because I can tell, and I appreciate you talking about the discernment, but this is by no means not to say, you know, don't trust people, don't love people, all the things that it's like, well, it has to be right. this or it has to be right. that. It has to be black or it has to be white. It doesn't, but you can really safeguard yourself by a lot of the things that we've talked about today and just recognizing, hey, you know what? Like my grandpa said, if it's too good to be true, guess what? You're an idiot if you do it. True story. That's what he always used to say. If it's too good to be true, you're an idiot. Don't do it. Yeah. Thanks, Grandpa. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah, that's good. Good advice. You know, uh, our time with you is up. If people wanted to get in, t in touch with you, maybe they are like, hey, I, I have some questions about what you said. Do you welcome that or would you rather point them oh, to no. a place? Yeah, that's that's uh, what I mean. I'm ap absolutely happy to talk to people. I talk to people all the time. I, I Unless I take on a case, I don't charge for that. Um, I answer questions and I'm happy to do that. You can Google my name. It, it's easy to find. Or you can look at my blog, which is uh, utahsecuritiesfraud.com. That's where I write up these stories. And, and that's a lot of what you stumbled onto when you were Googling this is, is my blog. So there's lots of uh, advice and things on there that I'm happy that people would look at. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, give me a call. I'm not hard to find. Uh, my firm is rqn.com. You can look me up that way. So, so yeah. And he responds really quickly. In fact, it was only like 55 minutes ago that I said, Mark, do you want to do this interview? He's like, yeah, just give me a minute. I got to finish up some lunch and then we'll go ahead and do this. Uh, Mark, before I let you go, I would, as we ask everyone who steps here into the cultural hall, I would ask you, what is your favorite part of your faith? Uh, you know, I, I think it's community. And uh, I know it might be odd for me to say this after me telling people to distrust the people in their community. But uh, the thing I loved about my my uh, childhood growing up and my family and and uh, the, is the the community here that we have here in Utah in particular uh, is really special. And I uh, to me, that's what keeps me going. My neighbors and friends here around me uh, will support me if something goes wrong. If I need someone to help me out. Uh, I really love the the fellowship that we have and how, how good people are to each other here in our in our community. I, that's why I came back. And that's why I've been living here for the last, you know, the, ever since I got back, it's been 22 years now. I've been practicing here in Utah and I, that's what I really love. Uh, and I feel like I'm, I'm trying to be part of that and trying to help people to save them from sometimes really bad decisions. Well, I hope that this isn't horrible for me to say, but I hope one day you have no more work anymore. Like you are just I, begging I've got for other clients. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's put him to work doing different things. I hope yes. one day you never have Absolutely. to do any of this ever again. Uh, Mark, we, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back.